Welcome to Biohackers Live Show. I'm here in studio with Mad Ventures. And yeah, they're one of the closing keynotes at Biker Summit on the first day. And uh, yeah, every year we want to bring people over who are also pushing the envelope of how we can see biohacking. And I mean, these guys have been all around the world and I'm pretty sure that we will learn a lot of cool things. They wrote this book, uh, Future Survival Guide. And uh, they're very well known internationally uh, for their work on television. And in Finland, they won several awards and are very well-known TV personalities. And so I would love to show, actually, um, a trailer of their work on the Mad Ventures. Um, well, it's kind of an adventure uh, series. And uh, it's basically two guys and a camera. And... Uh, Let's let's play that over. We are two guys from Finland, Riku with the mic and Tunna behind the camera. We are the global odyssey to learn about the most bizarre traditions on Earth and to uncover the secrets this planet holds. Just the two of us, lifelong travelers in the strangest destinations of the world. No crew, no security, no limits. This is Mad Ventures. Let's give it a ring for freedom. It's it's 86 meters from the top of a skyscraper. Sometimes a bit scary as well. You never can tell what's happening. Anybody, anytime can get a spirit inside them. Maybe even us. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> oh, uh. <laughs> We're inside Chernobyl power plant. <laughs> this got to be the strangest sport ever. Whoa! <laughs> if anything goes wrong, they would kill us for sure. I don't have any wires. What the hell? This is the place. Be very careful. Okay, we're Any moment from now. These guys require no introduction. Welcome to the show, Riku and Tunna. Hey, yes. pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you very much. What are we it's drinking right now? Mm. Actually, this is a very good sencha from, um, from Japan. It's called Okukirishima. And uh, it's uh, kind of like a Gyokuro green tea, five-star Japanese stuff. Mm. I, I'm, I'm very kind of like addicted to it. <laughs> right. So is this the way how you biohack yourself? I actually have Definitely. some some pills here. These are from Neurohacker and they will improve your mental uh, and cognitive function. 
for this interview. So are you ready to take? Okay, but these are not the same ones uh, we got with you. I got totally red. That was like <laughs> niacin or something like that. Yeah, this is not niacin at all. <laughs> niacin. So, no, yeah, that's that's how it was. Yeah, but I was completely red. <laughs> Wonderful. So for the sake of future, let's have a little right. capsule. Yeah. yeah, sure. So neurohacker. Wow. So this is for the mind, right? Yes, exactly. As you can see, <coughs> mind here. Yeah. For cognitive function. It seems that today's world, which is very much focused on no longer on bodily needs, but more on knowledge work, mm. uh, you know, getting things done. And, you know, everything seems to be also going into that direction in terms of future of technology. It's like how we can perform at our peak experience and even you know, upload human brains to the computer. So it seems that the brain has been completely disconnected from the human body. And uh, so how do you see this? Like, is this positive considering what you see in all around the world? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm 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 future positive person myself. And, uh, and I really believe that now, now they are building this neuro link. And I think it's, it's, it's very, very interesting. What's happening with that? Yeah, Elon Musk. Yeah, 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 yeah. of course, this kind of like connectivity between the. If you think about the the way how the development goes with the uh, with the with the internet and the web, of course, that's the other part. The other part is that does it forget that we are actually also old animals with our lizard brains and stuff, mm. which is not meant to, probably not designed for this kind of. Uh, or not develop into this kind of uh, world we live in right now, or which what it, what it's changing to, especially. I find it's really really uh, challenging as well. If you think about the the net, <coughs> how always the web has been the way uh, mankind has developed something new. You right. speak about any innovation, technology, even ideological or religious innovations. All the religions have, have been spread through the internet, or not through the internet, but the web. Mm. 10,000 years ago, there was a web already, but now this web is almost all over the world, except North Korea. Right. But when we get our brains together, I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. Marshall McLuhan, who was a media theorist in the 60s, he said that the, uh, the electronic medium is an extension of our nervous systems. And that's probably what is happening now with Elon Musk's Neuralink is we are connecting human brains to the web. And and at the same time, there's a lot of people who are saying that this is not necessarily a good mm. uh, line of course for the future, that this development will lead to things that we can't as humans expect mm. the outcomes. So if all our brains are connected to the web, uh, what might be the consequences if you are able to execute everything that you think? I mean, there's mm. some people whose thoughts I wouldn't like to be you know, executed <laughs> at all. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, the world politics is right now that we are in a world where we have atomic weapons in the hands of apes, literally. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? So, literally, yeah. Mm. And in the future, even more destructive weapons all the time, more and more destructive. Or we have smaller weapons which are in the hands of uh, not anymore five or six big nations uh, or politically import, uh, powered uh, nations' hands, but small weapons in hands of 
billions. Yeah, that's, we, that's we talk about CRISPR-Cas9 and genetic engineering and how easily accessible all these technologies are to almost all of us, which has basically the benefit of uh, democratizing innovation. So more and more people have access and ability to solve, let's say, big world problems, let's say, you know, um, degenerative diseases and so on. But at the same time, we have uh, the other side is like, we might also use those for uh, things uh, that are not for m- more like benevolent uh, mm. reasons. Sure. Yeah. For for example, I'm I'm a bit afraid of uh, of the development in a way that okay, we need more of this kind of discussion. Of course, we need mm. philosophers to take part. We need like religions to take part. All kinds of systems we have which have to do with with moral codes of people. What is the what is the moral behind Neuralink? What is the moral behind artificial intelligence? Yes, like yeah, this is something we don't this, we haven't been discussing. It. Yeah. Exactly. There is also you know some concerns about new technologies coming along that as humans we don't necessarily yet know the biological consequences of them. And one of those is um, the future generations of our networks like 5G. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. I was just listening to a talk of a professor who is who's been specializing on on these electromagnetic fields all his life and he was very concerned about the high pulsating rate, uh, what kind of biological effects those will have on the human organism. It somehow influences the calcium channels in your cells and uh, those have detrimental effects and considering how much environmental pollution we already have in terms of poor air quality um poor like quality of the water full of microplastics and hormones and um, you know residues of drugs all of that also our food chain is completely like fucked up in a mm. way so you look at the food chain uh the food it looks like food but it's no longer really food i mean you guys did amazing job with the mad cook series actually highlighting some of these you know concerning problems And now we have also electromagnetic pollution, like we are constantly in the presence of technologies that on a cellular level, it's not just increased heat, but there is also uh, things that will increase inflammation. If those will lead to cancer, um, yes, it's possible, but uh, we can't directly say that it will cause cancer. It has highly likelihood of increasing the risk of of getting cancer. So it's all these kind of... um, cumulative effects so we have all these things coming together and together they have effects that are unpredictable almost so are you concerned about the speed at which we are evolving a species in the context of our cities and technologies and environments and media and 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 uh, food chain and our inability to biologically adapt as quickly as possible to these changes for sure <clears throat> I wouldn't be as much concerned about technology <clears throat> or how the technology affects us like physically. I'm more concerned myself about how technology affects us mentally and socially. Mm-hmm. If you think about the social media for example, we how long have we been using? Let's 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 mm-hmm. have a get, when did you start first time? What, what do you remember when you started to use social media? When my was my it? first uh, use of social media were actually bulletin board systems. BBS. BBS, yeah, in the times of modems. And I think that was more like 13 or 14 year old or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, so it was in the 90s. Now. Yeah, but you you were an early adapt, 
adapter, Absolutely of course. Man. Yeah. Yes. For but, me, it was I don't know, probably like ninety uh, nine, ninety eight. Yeah, in the internet. But what about yeah. social media? Like if social you, media. Yeah, if oh, you think about I like social media, yeah. Ten, For example, Facebook. If no, ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. Like like just ten years, mm. the ma- mass majority of mankind has been using these social media applications like for maximum 10 years most like five years Mm -hmm. and it's like this is one big thing it's still so adolescent yes like we don't have any rules how to we have some but we haven't been creating like really rules and morals how to use that so that's kind of like my greatest worry after the food but not not the not the technological uh absolutely they're extremely connected and there are studies that show that people who use a lot of social media uh, considering how much projection they get to their own like personal lives, it seems that everyone else else's lives are better well off yeah. because they use cool filters and they only highlight the high points of their life. So all family life is always you know rosy and nice, and also you know everyone's on a vacation all the time and cool hotels, and your life seems miserable in the middle of screaming children and exactly. Uh, you know, crappy lunch that you just grabbed from a local cafeteria. Mm. So people get depressed because of technology. Yeah, I feel yeah. that myself even, like when I mm. when I look at it. And for me, I, I'm, a, I'm a middle-aged man. Working in the media business, of course, I want to use social media. I like it. And I think there's a lot of positive things in social media as well, of course. Mm. But if we don't speak about the downsides, it's like it's not truthful. Right. You you guys did your series, uh, this beautiful adventure series, in the times when television was still kind of a dominating media. And, I mean, people were not really that much on Facebook during those times. No, not at all. And uh, so that has changed, and TV is now more about reality TV and live, and all this kind of recorded stuff is now Netflix and more like on this on-demand platforms through the internet. People watch uh, a lot of uh, content on their mobile devices and not from a big screen. So do you think we should go back in time or um, you know, accept what has happened and uh, dream of a better future? Great question. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's, it's for me, uh, I, I don't look back. I, I, I'm... Like we we try to work on on new platforms all the time and and you know the thing things are like shows uh, what are in internet or or uh, in web they are shorter and uh, uh, more easily access kind of like mm, you know accessible uh, how, I don't know how to say it like I think that's easier that's to yeah. yeah yeah easier to you you know to understand than than the old TV right and and the length of of, of uh, like uh, one one hour TV series was uh, was a long time actually we are still doing right. it yeah there's some 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 series online that actually have a long uh, like duration times mm. like some podcasts like Joe Rogan is extremely huge in the US and his yeah. episodes are like two and a half hours. Yeah, we, actually we are making uh, Doc Ventures TV series at the moment and it's uh, two and a half hours on a row. We First we show documentary film and then we talk about the, the topic of the film and it, it has been a huge success in, in Finland and it really shows that, that people really want to uh, get information and, and want to see 
like real stuff from television as right. well. But those interview parts are live, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that is the power. You you, you mm. said the word, right mm. word, live, mm. and this is live. This is yeah, live. This is live. this is, this is mm. it's completely a different thing. And and I think like there's no you can't turn the clocks back. And if you look at media business history, you can see that it's been changing all the time. Anyway, like for the last well centuries, we've had some kind of a media business after you know Gutenberg's mm. inventions. Like before that, it was in the hands of the monks who were doing, who were the only ones who were able to write and actually print books, mm. and or not even print, but they were handmade. But after that, like the media has been democratizing small, slowly, slowly, and it's been changing all the time, even from the entertainment part, but also in here in in our part part of uh, right. media, which is like more to do with journalism. But anyway, the thing is, if you don't adapt to this, you're gone. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just simply like that. Even how good are you doesn't matter. You're gone. And that's why it's really important to understand that we have to, this is how the world has changed. In in most of the businesses you work in, you have to adapt to the new things. We are mm-hmm. 45 years old. We have to know how to use Instagram. We should know better how to, or we should, we are trying to mm. hold on to learning the new apps and how they right. work. But yeah. So basically one of your, kind of tenets today is that if you look at Darwin's quote, uh, it's not the strongest of the species that survives, not nor the most intelligent, it's the most adaptable to change. So that kind of is now responsibility of all of us is to be ready to adapt. It seems like there's a lot of people in the world who are not ready to adapt. If you look at the political climate, people want to go to the past. They want to go, mm. you know, to the good old times when things work in a different way. So they are kind of resisting future coming along. And that might be, you know, they're at their peril, basically. So, you know, uh, can you elaborate a little bit on this? Yeah, of course, everybody, every, every, everything, every change has, has the backlash as well. Mm-hmm. And this is a huge change where going through it right now, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen, especially economically. And that makes people, of course, look for the old times. Oh, it was much better. But then again, you can't turn the clocks back. Mm-hmm. So, but then another thing is that we have to adapt, of course. If we want to survive, we have to adapt as businesses, as persons as well, as as individuals. But... <laughs> But we shouldn't, and I think this is very important question here in the biohacking scene, which is I, I I love it. I like I respect it a lot that people are open-minded and want to get better and to kind of like develop themselves. Right. It's always important, like everything, like studying is a, and everything. But we should also look at the system here around us. It's if we just gather and look at ourselves, how we get better inside we might forget that the system here is also something which we should change if it's not good in a way, if it's not adapt or fit for, for example, capitalism. Now we've seen like financial times, the old voice for the for the super rich, conservative, uh, capitalist, pro-capitalist, they have told that, hey, we should change the system. It doesn't work anymore mm. as it should. It mm. doesn't spread the yeah, wealth anymore. A couple of days ago. Yeah. Financial Times wrote that it's yeah we should re we should we be. should we should re, we should reboot capitalism yeah. that's what they said right? yeah or like reset 
like a German philosopher Arthur Schopenhauer described, uh, initially people laugh at the changes and then start resisting them with emotion. Only then uh, will the changes uh, be accepted as truths. That's how things have have, have always been, you know. Right. It's like, you know, that. That's for sure. I mean, uh, people ridiculate, they laugh at things, and then the world happens, and suddenly everyone carries a mobile phone around. That's one of my memories from the 90s was when mobile phones came, like, in my school, you know, the few people who got them, like, everyone was laughing, like, how? why do you want to be, you know, reachable at all times? And now yeah. everyone is, and it's kind of uh, strange. Now the question is like, why don't, don't you have a mobile phone if someone is is exactly. kind of like a bit strange yeah. because you don't have a device? Yeah. And maybe very soon it's a bit strange that your brain is not connected to the internet. Now you have gone through throughout the world and you have met all these tri- tribal people who live outside of society or on the, on the border lines of it. Now uh, I'm a big believer that we can learn still a lot from them and there is a lot of wisdom that modern man has forgotten uh, because we have completely disconnected ourselves from nature so what's your experience i mean you have firsthand met all these people like is this all good what is happening uh what is happening in terms of in terms of our modern lives like i mean we are mm. kind of glorifying people like elon musk going to mars mm. you know connecting our brains to the internet mm. have we lost something We have definitely we have we have lost lost our connection uh, to to the nature uh, and and through that we have been losing uh, our connection to to everything or or mm. to the universe right and and uh, then like like with that uh, we are all the time more and more ego driven because we have lost the connection. Uh, uh, <clears throat> to the nature and to the universe, so right. it's it's it, it's going to the direction of egoism more and more. And even we have disconnected our connection to earlier generations, and there is a lot of generational trauma. Like the U.S. is basically on the top of an endless graveyard, and uh, they're acting it out in so many ways. And and uh, there is there is people who are just like dealing with childhood issues or being bullied in school and they they do crazy crazy things as a result of this so we don't have like those shamans who can help mm. us to you know bring us back in balance it seems like we are now led by the least among us the people who have you know who are empty shells they they know everything about what's outside of them they're completely made out characters who are leading us you would never go to any of our you know big company leaders or political leaders for personal advice for spiritual like crisis those are the you know last people they're probably on mental medication anyway <laughs> yeah so Truth. i'm a bit worried about that because in tribal societies the people who were picked up as the leaders were actually people who actually existed a little bit outside of uh, the day-to-day chores and and they were Uh, architects of of those realms of hi- human psyche that people are sometimes dealing with with family and work and uh, you know personal chores. I find that very interesting because there is for sure there is uh, certain things which are still present at the tribal people's life systems. For example, mm. tradition. 
like you said, there's a lot of uh, generation uh, trauma around the modern world. We we have a lot of uh, stories in the media, for example, about the about the millennials, how how the millennials are especially kind of like feeling bad, feeling ill, feeling uh, feeling something which they can't actually describe really well, mm. and. It might be one part of this uh, generation trauma. It might be one reason. Might be the internet and the social media, which they are born with in a way. Uh, but I think it's also a lot to do with the loss, loss of tradition, loss of uh, initiation to mm. the to the system. What Absolutely. is what is what is very common in those tribal yeah. societies? They have initiation yeah. systems. And so someone in the chat. Them. Someone in the chat is actually referring to your experiences uh, with ayahuasca mm. in, in the Amazon basin. Yeah, and you, di- you did that earlier, long before it was kind of trendy and cool in Silicon Valley to go oh, and yeah. solve your business problems with ayahuasca, <laughs> which is kind of crazy <laughs> considering what the experience is all about. Uh, so that's a kind of a form of initiation. It uh, is, it mm. definitely is. Yeah, we mm. did it uh, 10 years ago. Uh, in in Tabatinga in uh, uh, Brazil, and uh, uh, we went to this ninety uh, four year old uh, shaman called Don Francisco, and uh, he had been uh, working with the uh, plant medicine for uh, for I don't know since the twenties. Mm. He was he was learning learning uh, to be a shaman or curandero in the jungle uh and he was uh first he was like five uh was it like five years alone in the jungle to learn the learn all the plants mm. and uh five and years alone i think five, yeah. five years <laughs> alone for, in the for, jungle a, for anyone <laughs> anyone in modern society to be five years alone is probably yeah. in uh, some kind of uh Unvoluntary. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. lose your humanity quite yeah. quickly, yeah. Uh, probably, or your mental health. Yeah. yeah. So, so and, his, and those his, people emerge. His father, yeah, yeah. Yeah. His father was a shaman or curandero as well, mm. and I could really uh, give my mind to that guy. You know, first time I looked looked into his eyes was like definitely he's 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 a real shaman because within this business there are loads of fake shamans. Of course, course. Mm. when when something uh, comes up like that, you know, uh, egos egos take it straight away. Of course, and it's it's a poor areas. Mm. Those are very poor areas in Brazil, in yeah. Peru, in Colombia, where these are possible mm. to do like original style. So if if yeah. it, if if there's something and money starts to be involved, of course there is people who t- try to take advantage. So can you tell me who is the world leader today for whom you would be ready to? Surrender your mind for. I mean, they want to oh, mind control us. Question. So who who's the one who you want to be mind controlled by? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The laugh tells that's everything. Very, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's an impossible question because it, it seems like it's like more and more of a theater. Yeah. It's just like you said, the empty shells. Yeah. It's just. Mm. I don't. I wouldn't say they're probably puppets, but they could be puppets as well, of course. Yeah. Well, so what is the solution? I mean, at the Barker Summit, we have a lot of you know people who are very well versed in in many of these things and uh and we have Yarrow Willard one of our closing keynotes sharing something about uh, you know plant medicines and how those can be used to reconnect us to nature in today's times actually enjoying my chaga here 
<laughs> What's that? That's a medicinal mushroom. All right. Uh, there's more if you want. So sure. If you think of mushrooms, for example, mm. those are the original internet. You know, looking at some of the largest mm. living species on the planet are actually mushrooms that can encompass through their mycelium network, like you know, kilometers and. Mm. And what uh, Paul Stamets, for example, who researches mushrooms and their benefits, has been has been looking into is healing our planet, healing our soil, um, extracting pollution that we have thrown into the nature out from the soil with mushrooms that are able to penetrate in there and 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 bring you know um, that healthy soil back to us for future generations. Also. He's studying the use of um, mushrooms and to uh, help the bee colonies to survive. Oh yeah. So so there is many and and now mushrooms are also being propo- proponents uh, or proposed to be uh, one of the you know beneficial things for strengthening our immune system, like what we are doing here with with chaga and um, reishi and cordyceps that are very popular mushroom-based drinks in, in the barking community, or even things like psilocybin that now uh, John Hopkins opened up uh, one of our prestigious university research center in the psychedelic medicines. And uh, in your book, you actually say that maybe in the future we will see that uh, some of these medicines that have been used by uh, tribal societies might be future medicines for mental issues. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. actually today, just a couple of hours ago, we were interviewing the um, uh, director of Neurons to Nirvana documentary and talking about this subject as well and mm. the revolution of consciousness science. Mm. And uh, it was very interesting uh, to hear from his side as well that, that we are on the edge of something something like very new. It's interesting that at the moment where it seems like humanity is losing its connection to nature these things emerge like yeah uh and um so yeah, it could be a reaction to that it sure. is it, mm. it definitely is because you know somehow we need the connection and we need the connection very fast right we have we don't have yeah. time a lot a, a lot of time mm. so so we need to go there uh mm. very fast to understand that we really are connected because yeah. we really are in a scientific way as well we are connected we are made mm. of the same atoms and same energy you know it when we die it it doesn't go just somewhere you know it it, it just transforms right right yeah so, that, that's uh, even what atheists would exactly agree oh, yeah, 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 for yeah. Sure. yeah and and we are so so actually you know I am you, and you are me, and I am that plant. Yeah. You know. And, can you can you imagine that the iron molecules in your heart, mm. in your bloodstream, were made in the exploding supernovas? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's like craziest thing, but it's true. Yeah. That's so we are made out of star stuff, like what Carl yeah. Sagan said, and we have to take responsibility of the f- of this universe. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Every every little uh, every living thing and everything, every stone as well. Because you know we are the mm. we are those stones. Yeah, and th- there was this. I can't remember how was it, but when we breathe, we breathe this uh, oxygen. We uh, breathe this og- oxygen uh, atoms inside our lungs. Mm. The same atom has probably been inside plenty of people in the history 
yeah of mankind like exactly we could right now breathe the same molecule that Chinggis Khan did yeah breathe or within within five years every single atom in your body has uh, recycled basically so yeah. when you take this idea from a biohacking perspective so within five years you can completely transform yourself on an atomic level and and that's that's uh something where i hope that in the next five years people will do things that will elevate human consciousness and capability of solving our future problems because i think that when our brains go offline because of hypnosis of mass media crappy food and all that uh completely uh, imbalanced uh, um, gut microbiomes that causes all kinds of things the constant exposure to things that make us depressed in working life or 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 just like environmental stressors like i don't think that's a good environment collectively for healing you know uh, our planet and making sure that future generations survive so all generations um before us or civilizations have faced certain struggles and often their demise has been environmental yeah definitely uh, so hundreds of civilizations have disappeared before mm. us like the egyptians the mayans etc all these civilizations they in the end it was nature that killed them in a way in a way but not only nature not only environment but some other things as well uh for example uh, the khmer uh khmer uh realm 1000 years ago in cambodia Angkor Wat, we know the UNESCO cultural heritage yeah. site, the old temples. It was the biggest city in the world at that time. It was the, probably one million people were living in it. It was rich. It was absolutely the biggest and like 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 you know New York of of those times. Absolutely. And it collapsed very quickly. And what they've been finding when they've been researching these these. Uh, Uh, these kind of like uh, collapsed systems, they've found the mm. same reasons. Environment, but also the other thing is inequality. Mm. Growing huge inequality in those systems. And that's always all behind revolutions as well. And always in revolutions, or most of the revolutions, the elite of the society doesn't see it until it's too late for them. And right. that's quite interesting. And if you think about now, our systems are global they are not more you know local anymore if you think about the inequality yeah. you think about people who get information of that inequality they are very conscious about it even people who are living in very poor systems they know that there is a lot of guys who are getting much more than us right and this yeah. is something i'm pretty mm. afraid I, of i was recently in ukraine in a biohacking conference and one thing that i I learned learned there uh was that I mean for example that society is a little bit split between the well off and uh, the more poorer people and since that the well off people are into into biohacking and health optimization and then they have time for it right yeah, they have time and resources if you look at the maslow's hierarchy of needs once you have shelter and food and friends and all that then suddenly self expression becomes also self expression in terms of food choices as well as um you know getting gym memberships and uh becoming interested in on your your own health but if your survival is basically just finding food then you don't care about these things but at the same time the way how i see it is that many of these biohacking technologies are absolutely free you can forage free food you can learn breeding techniques completely free you can go for a 
sauna, you know, anyone can make a, a heated room if you can find some wood. Uh, cold immersion. I mean, if you don't have hot water, that's at least what you're going to be getting. So there is a lot of things in the biking community that are kind of the biggest uh, stuff that actually works, that really works. And those are free. So you don't need any of these cool gadgets or tracking devices or any of this. You can even read your own pulse if mm. you want to check what your pulse is and your heart rate variability. You can you can learn intuitively these things that ancient biohackers learned through yoga, meditation, uh, and uh, different techniques for perfecting the human body. So um, I guess the future is more about connecting to the past and realizing what we have lost and also open-handedly looking at technologies, but with responsibility, I guess. Because otherwise we are going to use all these things for our selfish needs, and that's where the disconnect and the inequality starts. Well said. Yeah, mm. I very much agree. But then again, as we've written this book about the future, uh, it's a funny thing how difficult it is to to see how the change how how the change actually happens. And <clears throat> and you probably say that okay, now it's happening, but you can't really say in certain things where it's going to. And I give you one example, very concrete. Okay, we are old guys. We are kids of the eighties, but probably even you know, uh, Night Rider. That was oh, the course. biggest uh, star of of, of uh, Finnish TV, at least probably the whole Western world's TV in the eighties. The kit, the, the kit, car. the yeah. car, and mm. the and the Michael Knight, the the guy of the the hero of the secret. I don't know, good guys, whatever. Mm. But what happened when he jumped with the with the highly intelligent uh, robot car who was having a great discussions with the with the with the hero? What did the hero do when he needed to contact his boss? He went and called <laughs> from, a, from a phone booth. Like, this is something they didn't That's see. The That's the future. Like, we, we can't see what's mm. changing, actually. Necessarily, we don't have a clue what's going to be the yeah. big change. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. And we're going to be looking into the past and laughing, like we, every generation has, basically, about the future predictions. And probably anything we can predict here is going to be just foolish. But also, there is a grain of truth in of it. Of course, of course. Yeah, I know you guys have you know some stuff coming up, and you need to run in a moment. But um, in terms of your presence at Biohacker Summit, uh, first and second of November, it will be kind of your, I guess, first biohacking conference. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Look, looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. So there is like people coming from over thirty countries. Wow. And uh, over half of them are from other countries than Finland, and. Um, so what is your message to them, considering that you've been to like over 100 countries or something like this, you've seen a bunch of things, and uh, uh, what, what, what is kind of, uh, what is going to, what, what do you want to share there, and also, what is your message? Well, first of all, I'd like to say, well, well come everybody, this is the, <laughs> you couldn't imagine when you come, especially in November, it's going to be gray, it's going to be, Ooh, it's going to be the weather is in a way it's the best time to come because it's the worst time to come weather wise mm. uh, but it's also a great time to come because you can re- really see that hey this is the happiest nation in the world and the least failed country in the whole planet maybe oh, yeah. that's because of Finnish sauna and ice swimming that is maybe. the best time to do yeah that yeah, yeah exactly and that's what I, I strongly suggest to you guys who come to to read a bit beforehand and find out, because we have also some weird things which are not 
necessarily known well around European, Europe or North America that we are the last uh, place in, in, in Europe which was cha- christened or what you, how you call it, like where the, where the Christianity, Christianity, Christianity came to. Yeah. Right. We are still, I think, <laughs> connected to the old yeah. ways in a small, small scale, but yeah. it, I think it affects our, our way of life still. And, yeah, and we have we have mm. the cleanest air, one of the cleanest airs on the planet. Cleanest and, water. And cleanest water as well. And, uh, and and the fact that we are the happiest nation on the planet <laughs> is very funny when uh, when people come here, like on, on November, when it's raining, <laughs> yeah. wet snow. Nobody and, and looks people, like that. Nobody looks, they, they look yeah. like most... <laughs> Most unhappy people <laughs> in the world, yeah, but, exactly. but imagine they are the most happy there, people. There yeah. is some resilience in there because if you think about it, I think it was in Second World War. Helsinki was the only capital in Europe that was not occupied by some foreign. Oh country. yeah, yeah, exactly. Except London, yeah, London, London and Moscow yeah. were the only ones who were not occupied in those mm. countries who were taking exactly. part in the war. Yeah, yeah. 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 Guess so. what makes uh, Finnish people uh, like uh, in this uh, research? They were asking, like, what is the biggest thing that makes you happy? Guess what it is? I have no idea. Maybe it's Sisu. <laughs> no, <laughs> getting your floor heated. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It yeah. is. We need our, yeah. you know, what do you call it? In- insulation. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But in the Biohacking Summit, summit we, we want to talk about the adaptation or necessity of adaptation in the future. Mm. We want to talk about courage which I think is already present a lot in the biohacker mm. community because you need to be quite open-minded and brave as well to do these things. But we want to speak about courage as well and also about this, not only looking at inside you yourself, but also outside and to other people because that's very important in changing the world to a better place. That's wonderful encouragement for people. Uh, Riku and Tunna from Mad Ventures, uh, Survival Guide to the Future. That's in Finnish. Maybe they have some books coming out in the future in English. Do you already have any English translations? Not any, not any. We yeah. w- we have already written 10 books, but, but none of them are yeah. in English yet. So this yeah. is a rare opportunity to experience some of the most well-known like TV personalities in Finland who have also influenced the, the kind of general consciousness that, that keeps Finland in the state of survival for the future. So thank you very much for coming to the show and thank I'm really you. looking forward to honor. you guys. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to the summit. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks. Have an extremely Thanks. healthy rest of uh, week and weekend, by the way. So thank you very much from Biker Studios from Helsinki. Thank you.